Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. And welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con Report wherever you get your podcast. You watch it on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media, A M P I R E. You should know that by now, and it's always much appreciated. In a minute, I'll be joined by ESPN's Nick Wagner to discuss the San Francisco 49ers. Nick has covered them for several for a while, so he knows everything about them. He's going to give you good insight. But he's also we're also going to talk about how the Niners and Washington compare because they kind of start to build the rosters the same way, somewhat of a similar approach to a lot of things, defense, run game, et cetera, where Nick has watched the commanders. So he's seen both teams very well or a lot. And so how does he think the commanders compare to where they're at in the building process to the Niners? What separates the Niners defense from Washington? So I think he gives you some good insight there. Stay tuned for that in a minute. Before we get there, let's go over some news, notes, and injury information, et cetera. Let's start with the Pro Bowl. That's the good news for Washington because four guys made it to to were named to the team. You have um, to defensive tackle John Allen, punter Tressway, special teams performer Jeremy Reeves, and wide receiver Terry McLaurin. The first three were named as starters. McLaurin was named as a reserve. It's very hard to make the team – as a, as a receiver, just because there's so much talent, that position, but the starters in this, in this game for the NFC would be, or would that were named were um, AJ Brown and then Justin Jefferson, that those are deserved. Then the CD lamb and McLaurin are the, are the, were named as reserves. Anyways, uh, all that's very much deserved for all the, for this entire group, by the way, Deron Payne was named as a first alternate and Montez sweat as a second alternate. As far as McLaurin, it's it's nice to see the guy get recognized like this. I think it really helped him that he had some big time catches that were received a lot of highlights, whether it's the Packers game or the Colts game, among others. So I think that definitely helped him get over that. I think, you know, the fact that there was a lot of attention on him in the offseason with the contract, I think it maybe maybe it opened some eyes around the league as far as maybe not so much around players, but maybe others about how valuable this guy is. And, you know, then he's continued to produce. I mean, his his yards per catch are top 10. That's really good. So I think it's 14.93. It's top 10. That's very good. Um, the guy that I'm really happy for is Jeremy Reeves. This is a guy who's been with the team since 2018. First time he's made the team out of camp was this year. But the guy was always on the fringe. But the coaches always tell him, like, hey, you're right there. You're right there. You're right there. So you keep working, you keep working, you keep working, and this is the reward. And he's a, he is a highly respected person in that locker room, full of energy, um, a good, a very good leader after the game the other night. And this isn't the only way you lead, but it's something that he knows he can do as a veteran. He went up to Taylor Heineken locker room, just kind of stopped as he was on his way out, put his arm around him. They talked for a couple minutes. And, I, you know, as much an encouragement, uh, as much – uh, Reeves giving him encouragement as anything else, but that's a little things that this guy does. 
and he's he's very vocal, but he's very very smart. This guy figured out what need how he needed to stick around. It was just simply by working, get a little bit better, get a little bit better, get a little bit better, keep playing hard, keep playing fast, make it tough to cut them and stick around. And that's what he did. And to and excuse me, on Wednesday was his reward. I don't think there's I don't think there's going to be anybody that this organ that players in that locker room would be happier for. I'm sure they would be happy for McLaurin as well. But Reeves' story is such a good one. Because he's because he's he's the ultimate underdog tale. So good for him. And Allen obviously well deserved. Had a great year. Trust Way very well deserved. And it's nice to see Way and Reeves make it together because I think the way they've been with each other for a while now, and I just think they play off each other very well. And or Reeves really knows how to read what Trust Way is going to do. I think you know they all make each other better. So good for them. Anyway. And again, I told you pain, first alternate, sweat, second alternate. So let's get now to the injury report. And the only one that I'm on there that's on there that I think you have a great, I shouldn't say great deal, but if there's any concern of me with safety cam curl. And I don't know, he's listed, he was listed as limited. He's got an ankle injury, was limited, listed as limited on Tuesday as well. I don't know what his status is for, for Saturday yet. But the only reason I bring it up is because he got that ankle injury. And if you're going to, you know, you have a couple guys with the Niners that are going to be really tough to cover, Christian McCaffrey, tight end George Kittle. How are you going to do that? And so certainly he would factor into that. So if he can't go, that would be a problem. Now, I don't know if he's going to be able to go or not. His name it really hasn't come up. We've just seen it on the injury report. And we'll talk to Ron Rivera on Thursday and get more of an update there. So, you know, but again, you, you, you don't want to lose a guy like that. You don't want to have that guy like that maybe even be – a little bit um, impaired just because the assignment that he's probably going to have to face. And it's going to be a key one to, to beating the Niners. So there you go. And then the other one is Benjamin St. Just definitely. He, he said he was going to play. Ron Rivera said he was going to, that they thought that he thought um, St. Juice was going to play. So I think it's going to be a good, that's a good um, news for Washington defensive end chase young. Let's just stay at the same point. You know, I can tell you a bunch of things. I don't know that you want to hear. I think what you want to see is him out on the field. My gut, well, I don't even, we don't even go there. We can talk about that more in the keys and predictions. Um, and we'll get more of an update from Rivera on Thursday about his status as well. That's just all I'll say. We're not going to go anymore on that. So anyway, that's it for me. Just wanted to give you a little bit of an update. Now let's get to ESPN's Nick Wagner to talk about the San Francisco 49ers and how they compare to Washington. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Nick, a few weeks ago, Garoppolo goes down, and you're thinking, oh, are the Niners done? And now, Brock Purdy is looking like, you know, the next coming of whatever. How surprised are you at what this team has done with Brock Purdy and, and given all that's going on? Yeah, there's kind of two layers to that, John. First of all, I'm not surprised that the 49ers are still, like, good and competitive with Brock Purdy, and mainly because I always say, like, I believe the 49ers – 
amongst the teams in the league that are successful are the least quarterback dependent team in the league. Um, and what I mean by that is not that they don't care about quarterback, but because of the playmakers they have, because of the play caller that they have, because of the defense that they have, they can compete so long as they have someone at quarterback who just doesn't screw it up. So I'm not sit, not trying to take anything away from Brock Purdy by saying that, but this just use that as kind of the basis for where we're going with this. But I will add that what we've seen from Brock Purdy, and granted it's been two games and three quarters roughly that he has been the, the starting quarterback for this team, he has exceeded my expectations. Um, I think he has exceeded the 49ers' expectations. I don't think anyone expected him to do what he's done because he isn't just managing the game. He isn't just – being risk averse and not making mistakes and doing all those things. He's making plays. When you turn on the tape and you watch him play against Miami or Tampa, especially both of those teams, they're blitzing a third of the time. Miami was throwing zero blitzes at him. I think they had five or six of those and he's making the first guy miss and then keeping his eyes downfield and on the run, making a play down the field. Those are things that no one expected from him. And right. frankly, there are things that Jimmy Garoppolo just didn't really have in his bag. And that's not a knock on him. It's just something that wasn't a part of his game. And so Brock Purdy has kind of elevated him, elevated them in a way that nobody expected. I'm not ready to sit here and say, like, we need to make sweeping declarations about his future. You know, we've seen guys be flashing the, flashing the pans before in these types of situations. But for right now, what we can base it off of He's checking every box. He's passing every test. He goes up to Seattle. It's a, a hard atmosphere. Everybody knows how difficult it is to win up there. It's been a huge thorn in the Niners' side for a right. long time playing up there. The division is on the line. He's got a rib and an oblique injury where he didn't even throw and practice last week. The Niners weren't sure he was even going to make it through that game, and he goes out and has another really good game, makes some plays against Seattle. And a Seattle team, mind you, John, that – wasn't blitzing him like crazy. I wanted to see how he would do against a team that's going to drop and play more coverage. And the Seahawks did that and he still had success. So he's, like I said, just kind of slowly methodically checking off the boxes. I know a lot of people are getting excited and they want to have these big, huge conversations. That's just not my style, as you know, but I think if we're just evaluating on what we've seen so far, he's, he's kind of gone above and beyond what anyone could have reasonably expected. Well, I'm disappointed because my next question was going to be, who's going to present him in Canton. So I guess you're not ready to answer that question. Yet. <laughs> well, you probably, since you're, you're clearly his biggest fan if you're asking that question already. <laughs> but it is, but in watching him a little bit, one thing too, it, it's a reminder how well Kyle Shanahan can manage a game with a quarterback, right? Because it seems like he puts him in good positions and creates some good lanes for him to throw or with the misdirections, like the touchdown pass to Kittle last week. Incredible play, but it's set up because of how he does it. But it seems like this this offense puts him in a good spot to then have success. It definitely does, John. And I will point to one factor in this that has been the biggest change for the 49ers this season, what has turned their season on its head and turned them from a team that everyone thought could be a contender to a team that is a contender. And it's Christian McCaffrey. And yeah. if you go back and you watch that Seattle game, uh, there's a few plays. It happens a lot. But, you know, people talk about out here, especially Steph Curry, the gravity of Steph Curry, what it opens up for others because so many things are attracted to, to Steph Curry. Christian McCaffrey has had a similar effect on this offense. And it's not – he is producing. Don't get me wrong. He's I think five of his seven starts, he's had over 100 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. So he's definitely making plays. Don't get me wrong. But – He's also opening things up for everybody else. They're averaging, John, almost eight points more per game 
as an offense since he took over as the starting running back. So taking away the Kansas City game, which he had limited amount of snaps because he was there two days earlier, but he started seven games since then. They're averaging almost eight points more per game, and they're seven and zero in those games. And it's not; it doesn't feel like a coincidence to me, right? Like when you watch this team, they had a defense that was Super Bowl ready immediately. And now they can play that kind of style of complimentary football that everybody always talks about where, you know, the defense is getting a stop or a takeaway and the offense is turning it into a point into points. And then special teams does this job. And all of a sudden it's an avalanche rolling downhill and you're down by a couple touchdowns. And with how good their defense is, there's no way to come back because they're going to run the ball effectively and they're going to keep playing defense. So all of that works together. Absolutely. Kyle Shanahan is a huge part of this. He and Brock Purdy seem to be kind of in lockstep. The amount of confidence that Kyle Shanahan has in Brock Purdy is impressive. I mean, go back to that Seattle game the other night. They're backed up to their one. All of a sudden, it's a one-possession game. Shanahan trusts Purdy to throw. He fires a third down dart to Juwan Jennings for a first down, keeps the drive going. A couple plays later, he dials up a rollout for him on third and short. Purdy takes off running and gets a first down. These are the types of things where you wouldn't think that you would have that kind of confidence, but Brock Purdy has earned that confidence based on what he's done, and Kyle Shanahan called him the most poised rookie quarterback he's ever coached. And I think that that speaks volumes. Well, it does because, I mean, he had a, he co- coached a couple of rookies here. But to your point about McCaffrey, because I go back to the touchdown pass to Kittle because it's a fake to the left, but then it's a massive fake swing to the right to or screen to, to McCaffrey. And it was set up because they ran it over and over and over again. And you have four guys flying over there and you lose George Kittle. Yep. Yep, and they did it on the second touchdown too. Right. John, the second the second one is a designed swing pass to the left to McCaffrey. He's got Kyle Uzcheck leading him out there, so he's just supposed to throw a little swing pass in the flat to McCaffrey. Three Seahawks defenders all run right at Christian McCaffrey. Jordan Brooks, the, the middle linebacker, realizes kind of midstream like, "Oh crap, this is bad." And George Kittle, who was the fourth read on that play, wide open over the top, fifty four yard touchdown. So. That's the thing, and 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 the other the, the beautiful thing for the Niners and what works so well for Purdy in this situation is is if you have McCaffrey out there, if you have Debo Samuel, if you have George Kittle, these aren't just regular run of the mill guys who are getting the ball in lieu of Christian McCaffrey. These are guys who also have gravity of their own and draw attention, and so it's just it is it is a mix of skill position guys that. Certainly the best group of skill position guys the Niners have had since Kyle Shanahan's been here, but you could make the argument it's the best group in the league right now, you know, aside from the quarterback when you go tight end, running back, and, and two receivers. But the funny thing is I think that whole formula is what Washington is trying to get to, where you get, you know, get, get build something with a run game, but you have weapons like Curtis Samuel, who's mm-hmm. a, a little bit like a Debo Samuel, similar type role, and you have Terry McLaurin, you have Jahan Dotson, you have some interesting tight ends. And then you have the defense, but they, you know, the Niners have clearly taken a little bit of a different step. Why, why do you think it is working so well for them with that formula? Yeah. I mean, you and I have talked about this. Uh, what is this my fourth time on your podcast? Fourth or fifth time. I, I feel so privileged first of all, but, uh, but, but, you know, we've talked about this a lot where there is, it always seems like Washington has been trying to kind of follow a similar model yeah, just yeah. a year or two behind. That's all it is. Like there, I mean, I watch. I turn on the tab. I was watching some Washington this morning, and I mean, I watched that defensive line. I'm like, wow, I'm getting flashbacks here. This is this looks yeah. this looks really familiar in terms of what they're trying to do. And I just think the Niners are a little bit further along. And and part of the reason that the formula has worked is they've committed to it. Like this is this is who they want to be. And I give them credit because they've evolved a lot. And, and I'll just give you an example. I, a few weeks ago, the 49ers were playing the Dolphins, and 
Marcel, our, our teammate down in Miami, and I did a, a combo piece. And basically it was, you know, McDaniel and Shanahan are running the same offense, but they're doing it in very different ways. You've right. got Miami with the blazing speed, and you've got the 49ers with just blunt force, right? The Niners weren't always about blunt force, and they didn't set out to do that in 2017 when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch took over. What happened was is they came in. Kyle Shanahan, he'll be the first to tell you, he was always looking for guys who could separate, right? Like that when he was looking at receivers, who can create he the most the speed? All yeah, he wanted the speed. He wanted route running. He wanted guys who could just who could get open on their own. And he brought in Pierre Garcon because he thought Garcon would be the guy who would be the, the one physical presence. And then he kind of saw where the game was going. And then they got George Kittle. And then they got Debo Samuel. And it was like, wait, this could be a little different. We could we could come at teams a different way and wear them down and be the most physical team in any game, which is at least going to give you a chance. It's not going to guarantee anything, but it's at least going to give you a chance in the fourth quarter if you can keep it close and you're wearing teams down with your physicality. And they steered into that. I always say now 49ers are about sacks and yak. Those are the two foundations of this like team. That. And, and it really is. If you look at their yards after catch, they lead the league. They have for years. And, and they're, they're D-line. We know what kind of investments they've made. You've seen that there in Washington doing a similar type of thing. And so I think what has worked is not only have they been willing to evolve, but when they evolve into something that has worked, they've really grasped onto it and steered, in, steered into it. And McCaffrey, I, I was talking to John Lynch about this recently, is very interesting because it was a little bit of a bold swing for them. But it also... John Lynch calls him a force multiplier where he is the type of player who can kind of raise all ships, right? Like he's, he does that. We were talking about earlier, that gravity. And I, I think they viewed him as that. And it was a unique opportunity, not necessarily, Oh, we've got to get a running back. It's this is a guy who can do a lot of different things that can kind of take us to another level. And obviously they're in a situation where they, they're in their window right now to try to win a Super Bowl. So they're willing to make that move. Uh, but I, but I really do think it's a combination of all of those things that, that I just mentioned. When you, so how, how much have you been able to watch a Washington so far? I mean, we're taping this early in the week. So how much are you? Able yeah, to watch? I, I did watch the game. I watched the Sunday night game uh, at home last night. I apologize to Washington fans. That was a, that was a brutal, brutal way to end that one. I, my heart goes out to them, but uh, I watched that one. And then I watched a little bit this morning uh just kind of re-watching that game uh from a couple weeks ago the giant the previous giants game so does any, um, but i haven't any, dove in too much yet does anything you know you talk about d-line but does anything else stick out at you where you and it, this might be getting too much in the weeds and if you can't answer it that's fine but like do you see something where you say okay this is something that separates the niners from them at this stage in the development do you know what i mean like and i don't know if you've been able to even pinpoint that at all yeah if, i mean if, just if not that's just, okay yeah, yeah, and it's not even a knock on Washington, but just the thing that would jump out to me is is like the the way the rest of the defense is built out. Um, you know, the, the, I think the front four, you see a lot of similarities. 49ers at the linebacker level are the best in the league, and I personally don't think it's that close. Like, if you turn on the tape and you watch, especially Greenlaw and Warner, those guys, the middle of the field is a no-fly zone against the 49ers, essentially. Both of those guys are physical. They can run to the ball. They can cover. They do all those things. Aziz Alshire, their third linebacker, is a good player. And again, not a knock on Washington. It's just you're not the best in the league, right? Like that's oh, that's I, a I high think it part. is. That's, yeah, no, I mean that's yeah. different. But that is, but that's what I'm saying. Like because you've seen the development and the, how they built this, and that's where you know I and I would agree. Like they need, they lost one of their linebackers, but but yeah. still, I don't think it was. It's not. It's not near what San Francisco's level is too. Yeah, and I think I think that's the biggest thing that sticks out. I will say the other thing that has set the Niners apart, this is more of a general statement than a comparison to the Commanders, but uh, you know, the Niners spent big money in the offseason to get cornerback Charvarius Ward from Kansas City. 
And that was a game changer for them defensively as well, because that was the biggest weakness on this team last year was the cornerback position, yeah. really the defensive back position in, in general. And a lot of it was, you know, if you go look at kind of just the raw counting stats, they were top five in the league and yards, passing yards per game allowed, which looks good right on paper. And then you look at all the pass interference penalties they had where they led the league by a lot and the yardage they were giving up on those pass yeah. interference penalties. They were, they led the league by a lot. So all of those things, but Traverius Ward gave them a legitimate number one corner and it's, it jumps out when you watch them play a team it's like Seattle physical. and you've, you've got Ward shadowing DK Metcalf. And I can't remember, John, in in the six years that Kyle Shanahan's been here, whether it was Robert Siler or D'Amico Ryan's defensive coordinator, where they were shadowing anybody. This was cover three for the most part, a quarters occasionally, mostly zone, not going to shadow Richard Sherman on one side, whoever else on the other side, that kind of thing. But they have enough confidence in Charverius Ward. Hey, you're the, one of the best press corners in the league. We're going to let you do this. You're going to be physical. He's really good against the run as well. Probably doesn't get enough credit for that. That has been another game changer. But I just think overall it is a physicality that the 49ers have, and it can work against them too, if we're being honest. Because if you look at their injury list over the last few years, it is pretty lengthy compared to other teams. And I think part of that is because they are so intent on being the most physical team in every game they play that there's a little bit of a tax to pay for that. But um, I think that's what stands out. And it's just it's just a culture. I think it's just getting to that point where everybody is bought in. You're looking for players who fit that mold, but also guys who maybe don't fit that mold on college tape. And they arrive at a place and they look around and see what everybody else is doing and say, I got to do that, too, if I want to fit in here. Where do you think they're still vulnerable? Yeah, I mean, the, the Purdy thing is still like, you know, there's just a it's just a question mark because you just got to see him do it over and over uh, until you buy in. And I'll, I'll say this. He's had a little bit of luck, uh, you know, in each of these games, the, the Miami game, the one interception he threw was on fourth down and he threw it 25 yards down the field. It was basically a punt like it worked out for the best, actually, because they just bat it down. Right. Tampa, but the yes. Dolphins have the ball at midfield. So so that was a lucky break. Uh, the, the The Tampa game. First play of the game, he audibles into the wrong play, gets blasted for a nine-yard sack, and they get a rough a roughing the passer penalty because it was helmet to helmet. So instead of a nine-yard loss, it's a fifteen-yard game again against Seattle the other night. He throws one right to Quandre Diggs. Drop Diggs it. drops it, yeah. and a few plays later, they go down and score. Maybe even the next play is really quick score after that. So. Those are the things like, you know, the little bit of luck that may run out. Um, so you've got to be concerned about that. Injuries, like I just mentioned, that's a concern for every team, I realize. But for this team in particular is something there. And I would say just in, in general, the defense has been excellent, but they have been tested in their depth uh, a lot, particularly on the interior of the defensive line. And I would also throw in, especially against the commanders, the thing I'm going to be watching this week is those two stud defensive tackles. Uh, against the interior of the 49ers offensive line, which to their credit has been a lot better than a lot of us expected and has gotten better as the year has gone on. But that is still a largely unproven group in the middle there. Jake Brendel, Aaron Banks, Spencer Burford. You have a rookie, a second year guy and a kind of a journeyman. They had three combined starts between them entering this season. Uh, so this will be a big test for them uh, in terms of that. So those would be kind of a few of the areas that um, I would say they could be a little bit vulnerable. Special teams, they've had some issues with block kicks earlier in the year, but I will admit the special teams has been really, really good over the last five weeks or so, uh, all the way around. 
Uh, Ray Ray McLeod, their returner, has has been a kind of a revelation. I think he's close to breaking one here pretty soon. So those are a few things. But, yeah, I mean, this is a really good team, John, and I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat that, but uh, they're also not perfect by any means. But I, I kind of look at them as they're as strong. I mean, I think they're going to be right there in the end, depending on how Purdy progresses and all that. Last thing on the defense, I got one more question after that, but is there a spot where you say like, this is where teams have success against them defensively because it is a very good unit. So where, when a team has success, what are they doing? Well, when a team has success, they have Patrick Mahomes. That's kind of been, that's kind of, that's kind <laughs> that's, of really, yeah. honest, honestly, that's that's, kind of, I love that. That's yeah. Yeah, that's kind of really been the only blip on the on the screen that they've had this year. You know, they they got pushed around a little bit in Atlanta uh, back in October, but they were without eight starters on defense that day. So it's kind of hard to even really hold that against them. But I will say this going to the Kansas City game, it wasn't just Patrick Mahomes. They struggled with some motion. Uh, There were some there were some eye candy things that were working against them in that game uh even in, even against Miami there were open receivers at the second level uh on the outside the hashes a lot of times and Tua was just missing them that they, they you know they were tough throws but he was missing them throws that he'd been making throughout most of the year so if they can't get a push I think that is is a big part of it that especially those interior guys Eric Armstead being back has been huge for them uh but their interior defensive line is banged up right now Bosa is great uh, they're really good at end. They have a lot of good players in that regard. But I would say uh, just motion and being able to use kind of the intermediate levels, maybe outside the middle of the field where the linebackers roam uh, seems to be the places where maybe they have a little bit of issue. And and again, if, if you can protect uh, up the middle in particular, there's at least somewhere to escape to when you play Nick Bosa. Last thing, how's, how's our guy Trent doing? And I, We can see him playing. Yeah, he's I mean, he's tremendous. He's He's still – as good as ever. He's had a couple of, you know, blips here, here and there. He got banged up in back in week three in Denver. But uh, since he's been back, you know, their run game has taken off and he just, it's funny watching him with Brock Purdy. Cause I was, I did, I, I, I did a sports center hit last week and, and was talking about how one of the things that uh, the confidence things that the team has in Brock Purdy is how confident Purdy is, right? Like they draw mm-hmm. confidence from, from Purdy's confidence and you can see it in his celebrations. Right. So so like after each of his first two games, Kyle Shanahan in the meetings on Monday was showing video clips of Purdy to the whole team, but not of like his throws of him celebrating because he does he like does these like finger guns and he like headbutts people and Trent Williams seems to get a huge kick out of it like he like he always will look after the play like look back at Purdy because he wants to like get a chuckle out of whatever the celebration is so uh, he he certainly seems to be enjoying himself but you know what. When you're riding a seven-game win streak, you've clinched the division with three weeks to go. I think most people feel that way. You know? Life is pretty good. I miss I miss talking to him. He was always one of my favorites. Nick, I appreciate you coming on. I told you be 20 or under, and it's it's 19 minutes. So there you go. We put did that, it. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. We did. That's a, a feather <laughs> in your cap for there sure. There you go. Thanks. Thanks, man. You got it, bud. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Nick for joining me, and thank you, as always, for tuning in. I will be back on Friday with my keys and prediction for Washington's game at San Francisco. I'll talk to you next time.